Welcome back into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Danielle Avari, still here with Wes Reynolds at the South Point Sportsbook VSIN studio for hour two. Uh, the Wells Fargo Championship going on today. Who do we have on the top of the leaderboard now? We have the same, really, at the top of the leaderboard. The guys at six under Matt Wallace, Gary Woodland, Patrick Rogers. Afternoon guys kind of having a little bit of a rougher time on this course. Low man on the course right now, still playing Scott Stallings, four under to 12. So we're getting kind of to that cut sweat standpoint. And one guy who's been settled is John Rahm, number three in the world, going to slam the trunk here in Charlotte this afternoon. Had made 22 cuts in a row on the PGA Tour. That was the longest streak at present time on the PGA Tour. That now ends. Yikes. John Rahm now uh, makes his way to Dallas. And then, of course, the PGA Championship the week following. So a lot of big names look like they are not going to make the weekend. Patrick Cantlay uh, looks like he's in a little bit of a pickle here at 18. I was going to say, are you supposed to be hitting balls off of rocks in rivers? No. That's Generally, not, you want to that, avoid that, that? That's not ideal yeah. in, in the game of golf. This is his second shot, though, so at least he has somewhat of a lie here. He just has to make par. It looks like, at least right now, that would keep him on the weekend. Mm -hmm. So plus two currently is going to be the cut. It's a low 65 and ties if you're wondering how these cuts are formulated for PGA Tour events. So right now that's where the number is. So that would get Bryson DeChambeau into the weekend and Patrick Cantlay into the weekend. Some top 10 guys, but you did see some guys fall off the leaderboard. Tony Finau is going to need a birdie at 18. He is currently at plus three. Sunjay M, who is one guy I played this week, not a very good round for Sunjay as he looks like he's going to slam the trunk. He is six over through 16 holes today. So very tough course here, and we mentioned that on long shots, that this has now been changed to a par 71 as of a couple years ago. Scoring very high here to see six under. You usually see kind of the mid-teens, and that may end up being what the winning score is on Sunday, but been a, been a tough nut to crack for these guys so far at the Wells Fargo in Charlotte. What does Matt Eumanns always like to say on this show? You can't win on the first day, but, but you, you can, can lose. lose. And we're already on day two, and some people not looking good to make the cut there. Let's bounce over to the NFL now. Some Carson Wentz news, if you can call it that. Wentz was, you know, available. That's even surprising, right? Because we were expecting Philadelphia probably to keep him. But they're looking at Jalen Hurts now. But Colts head coach, Frank Reich, Carson's new coach, came out and said that he doesn't think that Carson lost his confidence because of that drafting, right? So mm -hmm. I know that you are also in the camp of believing in Carson Wentz. So what are you expecting to see from him this season? I'm choosing to believe in Carson Wentz. Okay. Uh, I mean, I had lost faith in Philadelphia, and I think maybe he lost faith in himself. And I think a change can only be good. You know, maybe sometimes you kind of run into it at a, at a spot where it's just not working anymore and a good change of location, whether it's in life or in football, is a good thing. And I think this can only be a good thing for Carson Wentz, reuniting with Frank Reich and, you know, has some weapons around him. I think has a better offensive line in front of him than he certainly had in Philadelphia. Left tackle position aside, that still has to be settled for the Colts with the Anthony Costanzo retirement. But the Colts really did not do a lot in free agency this year. They basically re-signed their core. So it shows, uh, look, 
look, I guess Chris Ballard and Frank Reich and Jim Irsay, the owner and the brain trust there in Indianapolis, believe in what they got. They did a lot of re-signing and not a lot of going and spending a bunch of money in free agency. So Carson Wentz going to give it a go. He's got some uh, weapons around him. T.Y. Hilton had re-signed. Michael Pittman Jr., if he can stay healthy, that second-round pick out of USC. Showed some flashes of brilliance last year. Paris Campbell, another guy they got to keep healthy. That was a speed burner they took out of Ohio State a couple years ago, but he's been injured both years. So they've got some weapons. They've got a good stable of running backs, Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Himes, Marlon Mack, Jordan Wilkins. So this is a team that's going to score points. The whole thing for the Colts, what this is going to come down to this season, if they can be a real contender in the AFC, they got to get pressure on the passer. They just did not get generate enough sacks and enough pressure pressure to make the opposing quarterback uncomfortable. They're hoping they address that with the first round pick quitty pay. Right. I think 10 right now is probably the right total. I would still make them the favorite in the AFC South. I don't think Tennessee is too far behind. I think there's a big gap between those two, obviously than Jacksonville and Houston. Well, on DraftKings right now, Colts are even money to win the AFC South. The win total again, sitting around 10. Did you mention, would you look at that over or under? Uh, would lean over, but I think 10 is about the right number. Remember, of course, 17 games this season. All right. More MLB, NBA, and more coming up right here on My Guys in the Desert. Welcome back into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Danielle Avari. We're at the South Point Sportsbook Studio here with Wes Reynolds and keeping an eye on a lot of MLB action, getting ready uh, to take off in just about an hour. So most MLB teams now have played about 20% or so of their season. We talked to Kenny White at the top of the last hour about this a little bit. We asked him if there was enough of a sample size to make some futures plays. He said yes. I believe he said he liked the Padres. Is there anything that you're looking at? Do you feel like you've seen enough? Yeah, I'm, and I'm still searching for more, obviously. They <laughs> they are, are uh, you know, you don't really, that's one of the things about the baseball season with it being so long, 162 games. You don't need to be in a hurry necessarily to bet these MLB futures because you do, I think, want to see a little bit of something. Now, certain teams like the favorites, like the Dodgers and those teams, you're not going to get much of a bargain on the price because most bettors that bet these, they want they want to bet a sure thing or what they see as a sure thing. So, you know, there's a lot of Dodger futures. So even if the Dodgers, let's say that they went to under 500, right now they're 17 and 15. Let's say they lose a few, a couple more in a row, and all of a sudden they're like 17 and 19. You're going to get the what's wrong with the Dodgers, but you're not going to get that much drift in the market. It's not like all of a sudden I'm seeing them at three and a quarter right now that you're going to see them at 10 or 12 to one or anything like that because bookmakers know that everybody would jump on that price right. so uh, they don't need more liability no, on those teams. not not at all and, and especially out here in las vegas i know there's a lot of different baseball fandoms out here in the las vegas valley but the dodgers are the largest even though we can't see the games because they're blacked out here but uh i digress on, i digress detail. on mlb's uh television situation which is an absolute embarrassment so many teams now are blacked out here if even if you have that extra innings package you oftentimes get uh the angels and the padres we get the 
local out here, but you don't get the Dodgers. You don't get the D-backs. You don't get Oakland. You don't get San Francisco. So it, it it's so random. That TV situation's a joke, but back on topic here. Well, just, if you do want to watch the games, maybe you make your way out to a sports book. That's, that's probably where, where, where you have to go if yeah. you can't get them at home or you can't get them on a, a streaming deal. So, yeah, looking at the futures right now in terms of looking at teams that play well, at this point of the season, you always get teams that are better than expected. And the then Red you're Sox, wondering, perhaps? like the Boston Red Sox, yeah. that is a perfect example. Are they are they a stayer, though, is what, is mm. what you got to <laughs> wonder. It's like, okay, did they just play well, and now all of a sudden we're going to get into June and July, and reality is going to set in, because mm-hmm. that often happens for a couple teams. But I have been impressed with Boston this year at 19 and 13. I knew that they were going to at least have a very good offense, because they can still hit in that hitter-friendly ballpark in Fenway, and you still have... Xander Bogarts and a lot of that core from those teams from a couple years ago, even though Mookie Betts now in LA and they can score runs, but the pitching staff has been good despite not having Chris sale for the season. They don't really have like a true ace on that staff. They have kind of a bunch of middling pitchers who are doing enough, only giving up three or four runs a game. And if you do that, hopefully not in, in the Boston, first inning. Yeah. But if you do that in Boston, exactly. Four runs is usually going to be enough as mm-hmm. a pitcher because you know that you're going to generate runs, especially at home. So if I'm looking at the futures right now in terms of teams that maybe I think have underachieved the start and maybe you could gain some value on these teams, I would probably in terms of looking at the championship futures uh I do like Milwaukee, and I think that they have hung in there. I did bet Milwaukee for season wins over. I also bet them to win the NL Central Division. 17 and 15, they've come back to earth a little bit right now because they're still without Christian Yelich. They haven't been hitting well. The pitching staff has really carried them, and they've got a a lights-out closer in Josh Hader who's going to get it done most of the time. So... I still like Milwaukee a little bit in that division. The Cardinals were the favorite, and they still are at 18 and 14. But I think Milwaukee's got some value, but they just need to get some guys healthy at the plate, at least from the division standpoint. The team I really liked in the NL East actually was the Philadelphia Phillies, and I did bet them over on the season wins. So far, good start, two games over 500. But nobody's really great right now in that division. The Atlanta Braves were the clear favorite, Mm -hmm. 15 and 16 right now. They haven't really been hitting like they're used to, but kind of in the summer when the temperatures heat up a little bit, because usually you find more low-scoring games early in the season. Then all of a sudden, temperatures get warm, like they're getting warm out here in Las Vegas, and the balls start flying out of the ballpark. So I think the Braves still would be the rightful favorite, though, in that National League East. And you, you did mention the National League Central as well. If you want to jump on the Brewers with the West to win the division, right? Plus 125 on DraftKings right now. The St. Louis Cardinals plus 120. So kind of almost a coin flip there. So it looks like you're a little ahead of the curve. What about to win the American League or National League? Anybody that's more of a long shot maybe interesting to you here? Still kind of searching for that. I did yeah. think the uh, Yankees, I know I was kind of, I didn't bet it accordingly in terms of the futures, but when, when Matt asked me on this program, who do you <laughs> think the World Series is going to be? It's like, well, it's hard to go against the Los Angeles Dodgers when they're healthy and the abundance of talent they have, not only at the plate, but at the pitching staff. They got to work on that bullpen, though, especially Kenley Jansen. So we shall see if a change is made there. A lot of people are calling for Dustin May to get moved back in that closer role, but now he's on the injured list. 
this. So they're going to have to stick with Jansen, I think, for the time being. So I said Dodgers-Yankees, and that was kind of a chalky series. But I just didn't see a ton of value down the board in the American League. Astros are starting to hit a little bit again now that they've got their full allotment of players. But only 16 and 15, so they're not exactly killing it right now. And they do have older pitchers, and you've seen a little bit of regression with Zach Greinke in terms of uh, those numbers. So I still kind of like the Yankees. If you were to say, okay, who's your pick in the American League? I would still pick the Yankees. I know they're only a game over 500, but Garrett Cole's been lights out. He looks like maybe the the Cy Young favorite currently at the moment in the American League. I haven't checked that of late, but the other pitchers, Jamison Tyone, has finally got a win because he had had Tommy John, so he had not had a win in a start in a couple years. So he got one uh, last Saturday, I believe. Uh, uh, Corey Kluber's got to pick it up a little bit. New to New York. New York's not the easiest place to pitch for a pitcher when you go from kind of that middle to small market team to the big market. So he is kind of finding that out. White Sox got some injuries, and I wasn't really high on the White Sox anyway, despite their talent, because I wasn't sure an older manager like Tony LaRusso, who hasn't managed in a while, who knows the game, Mm -hmm. but the game always changes. So knowing the game 10 or 15 years ago isn't the same as knowing the game today so I'm not really want to bet the White Sox here twins have been the real disappointment to start the season 11 and 19 they can't win in these extra inning ball games like when you get to that position where you got to start the 10th inning that runner on second I think they've lost every single game in extra innings and also the ones in the double header those short seven inning games so twins have been the big disappointment I still would lean to the Yankees though to be the favorite in that division I still think justifiably so and they're finally starting to hit Stanton's finally hitting Aaron judge is finally hitting. And if your top guys are hitting, you're going to win a lot of games in that short porch at Yankee stadium. Yankees right now to win the American league three to one on DraftKings. on the other side, the national league. Of course, it's the Dodgers here. They're plus plus one sixty to win the national league. Which team would give them the biggest run for their money though here? Is it the Mets? They're at five to one Padres also five to one and the Braves eight to one, all of that to win the national league. I think the team that's given them the run in the regular season so far, based on the two series that have been played is the San Diego Padres. Mm-hmm. The one thing you're concerned with the Padres though, is I think they're using that bullpen a little too much in the season. You don't want to overuse that bullpen and then have a bunch of tired arms come August and September. So that's my one cause of concern for the San Diego Padres. But I do think that looked like, I mean, those couple series that we've seen, those look like NLCS series. What we saw uh, here a couple weeks ago with the intensity between these two teams. So probably the Padres, like Kenny White was talking about in the first hour. And now they're they're starting to win games. I mean, when you have a baseball season this long, you are going to have those periods, those two-week periods where it seems like you can't win a game. And then you're going to have those periods where you can't lose. But Padres right now, 18 and 14. The Giants have been the nice surprise. 18 and 13. We'll see how long they can keep that up. Division has been a lot more competitive to start you look at the Diamondbacks just one game under 500 Dodgers only 17 and 15 but that can stretch out I think periodically over time but probably the biggest obstacle at least from this standpoint to what I've seen for the Dodgers is right in their division so that's a pretty comprehensive look at the MLB right now should we look at the NBA slate for tonight big game going on um, of course Nets Nuggets play tomorrow but um, 
James Harden did say that he told reporters that he plans on returning before the playoffs. The Nets have been on a four-game losing streak. They're currently two and a half games behind the 76ers with five games left. The Sixers have six games left, by the way. The Durant-Irving-Harden experiment. This combo has only played seven games together all season and all have been Eastern Conference or NBA title favorites the entire second half of the season regardless. So how do we expect the Nets to work Harden back into this rotation after he comes back for this hamstring injury? I certainly think that they're going to need a couple regular season games at least. It's not just okay, sit him for the playoffs and then everything's all systems go because like you said, not a big sample size for really uh, the Brooklyn Nets with the big three playing together. And, and, and I don't, I, I wouldn't favor them in the East right now. I know a lot of people do because of the talent, but I wouldn't favor them because it kind of is eerily reminiscent of the Clippers last year mm-hmm. when they finally had the, the big duo with uh, PG 13, Paul George and Kawhi that, okay, they're going to all of a sudden get it done. And they didn't get it done. There was some dissension within the ranks and you never know when this happens with the team. It may not always get reported. So sometimes you really got to look at that body language and see what a team is, is doing here. So you only have one basketball. And you wonder how that's going to work with Harden and Kyrie Irving if they can put their egos aside and say, okay, it doesn't always have to be me. Sometimes it can be my teammate. Then obviously they're very dangerous, and they're dangerous anyway. But look, I took the Philadelphia 76ers at 5-1 to one to win the East. I still like that position. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are in the number one spot. I think that if they can stay healthy, I just think that they have a little bit more continuity. And I think Doc Rivers has been the right guy to kind of keep that continuity with this team in his first year in Philadelphia. So as long as the health doesn't go awry for Philadelphia, they're the team I like the most in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, it looks like the city of brotherly love has opened Doc with with arms wide open there. Tonight's top game, though, Nuggets at Jazz, because, of course, the Nets will have to play the Nuggets tomorrow. The Nuggets can reclaim the three seed over the Clippers with a win tonight while the Jazz hold a one game lead over the Suns for the top seed in the West six games left for both teams how do you think this one's going to play out tonight well uh you look at what has happened so far this season you have Rudy Gobert who's arguably the best or one of the best defensive centers in the NBA but Nikola Jokic is absolutely uh, uh, done very well against him. Uh, 41 points, 13 rebounds, seven assists uh, in the uh, average for the two games. So, look, uh, the Jazz, uh, I think, uh, now have that one-game lead. They've kind of been a little bit treading water necessarily because Donovan Mitchell, of course, has been out. So they've been just kind of hanging in there, playing 500 ball. They were the hot team, but... They've still been playing very solid. I think that speaks to the depth of this team. And meanwhile, Denver, still in that four spot, has ratcheted up the defense to rank fourth in the league. They're trying to maybe get in that two spot if they can pass the Los Angeles Clippers. So uh, just looking at this, I would have to lean Denver Nuggets here in the spot. They're getting four. I'm not seeing any four and a halves yet, but it's like basically four with juice here for Denver tonight. I know the Jazz playing for that one spot, but Denver's also playing for seed. And look, to do this without Jamal Murray and P.J. Dozier, Will Barton, Monty Morris, uh, really a lot of your backcourt depth, but that shows you that Nikola Jokic and why he is going to be the MVP because he's absolutely carried this team. And on the flip side for the Jazz, I mentioned Mitchell. 
Mike Conley Jr. also going to be out tonight with the hamstring injury. Jawan Morgan, one of their guys off the bench, Indiana University alum, by the way. He is going to be out. So I thought four was a little rich for Utah to lay to Denver. That's my lean tonight on the Nuggets. Now, something we always do on primetime action, of course, is look for live betting opportunities, but that's not really something that we can help you with right in the moment, always, if the game is going on, you know, not during primetime action. So any advice uh, for this game that you would be looking for? I know you like the Nuggets here. What if this game starts off a certain way? Would you look to get in live? On the total, I would look to get in live on the under. It's been bet down a little bit to about 215, 215 and a half, Sounds and low. even 214 and a half at Circa. I would want to see maybe if you get a hot start and you can get in the 220s range. And one of the things that I've been uh, doing and had some success with this year you see a lot more points, it seems like, in the first half. Yeah. And I used to be able to bet first half unders in the NBA. Not so much anymore. I stay away from those. So what I inevitably do, if you get a high-scoring first half, especially if you kind of average out that total and the average points have gone over in both the first and the second quarter, more often not, not every single time, because every scenario is different. you got to watch the screen and you got to watch the market. I kind of like to go with the second half under especially if it's a competitive game, because you kind of saw that, I think, the other night with uh, Brooklyn and Milwaukee. The the scoring slowed down a little bit uh, mm-hmm. in, in the second half. Tightens so, up a little bit. Yeah, because they start to play defense, and then it gets to, like, the fourth quarter. You get that under six-minute timeout, a few minutes left to go. Okay, we're going to start to get serious now and play a little bit more defense, or we're going to take a little bit more time off the shot clock to get a good shot, where it's kind of like in the first quarter, get a rebound, you just get it and go. But next time, you kind of bleed the clock a little bit and try to run an isolation with your star like Giannis in Milwaukee is an example. So that's why you see sometimes the scoring really slow to a crawl in the final couple minutes. Jokic's point prop sitting at 26 and a half. What do you think? Too much? No, I think he's averaging over there. that against Rudy Gobert. Rudy's right. a very good defensive center, so lean to the over on those points. All right, something to look forward to tonight. Coming up next, we'll have Teddy Greenstein here from PointsBet right here on My Guys in the Desert. to the oddstrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out oddstrader.com and download the free oddstrader app right now so you can start winning with the up to the second info you need. We're back on My Guys in the Desert. Danielle Avari here with Wes Reynolds and now being joined by PointsBet senior editor Teddy Greenstein. Teddy, thanks so much for joining us. Danielle, Wes, this is awesome. I think this is my first time uh, joining you guys, so happy Friday. Yeah, we're filling in for Matt Humans. He's on the Follow the Money with JVT all morning long, so we are wrapping up the week here. But I know that we have the Wells Fargo Championship going on. PointsBet does a really cool promo where you guys allow people to name a bet. How is your name a bet going for the tournament? Yeah, mine uh, went up in flames. So Paige and I both did uh, name a bets this week. Hers was Max Homa to have her share the lead. 
Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. And then I don't know who's been in Max Homa's body all week, but I checked Thursday morning and he was six over. I think he was six over through seven. So that was a complete disaster. Mine ended up only slightly better. Mine was Bryson DeChambeau birdies versus Steph Curry three-pointers against Oklahoma City last night. I mean, it paid like plus 550. So we obviously knew it was unlikely. Steph hit six. Bryson made four. So uh, no dice on that one either. And Bryson currently with a a host of other players, Teddy, and it's good to have you for the cut sweat here on Friday. Two over par, so it looks like as of right now, that's going to make the weekend top 65 in ties and currently T64, so still some players on the course that can change that right now. But looking at the leaderboard as we go into the weekend, uh, I have not checked at points bet, but I have to thank Rory McIlroy, the two-time winner here at the Wells Fargo. I'm not sure if if Rory's is back, but this is certainly a good place to start where he's won before his first event here in 2010 500 today now four under just two off the lead lead currently held by matt wallace gary woodland and patrick rogers so rory currently the favorite right now at points bet that's exactly right uh so he started out the round i don't know if you saw it uh he took this insane line on his first tee shot So on number one, he went over the trees on the right, I think hit like a high draw and that set him up. So I thought that set the tone for his round because obviously he's been struggling so much lately, two-way miss, but a very bold drive right off the bat. He had an amazing round. So right now on points, but he is plus 450, Matt Wallace plus 700, Gary Woodland plus 800, and then it drops down to Abraham Answer at 12. My pre-tournament pick, Victor Hovland, just barely hanging around at one under. He is 16 to one. And um, I'm a little ticked off right now because uh, I had a, a t- Tony Finau beating Will Zalatoris, and Tony came in with a bogey on his final hole. So that one pushed. So uh, I've had some good weeks betting golf, and uh, this ain't one of them so far. Yeah, same here. And I also have Victor Hovland as one of my choices this week. Not too far out of it. Gave one back on 18. But, Teddy, want to bring up, I know you kind of like to bet this guy in big tournaments, as do I. Not always rewarded for it. But that being John Rahm, had 22 cuts uh, made consecutively. He's going to be slamming the trunk, heading to the Byron Nelson last week. Missed the cut after 22 in a row. Do you expect much drift, though, on him for the PGA? I mean, I think he's still going to probably be about 12 to 1 or 14 to 1. I'm probably going to bet him again. And then people are going to yes. say, oh, why do you keep betting John Rahm? I'm like, well, because he's number three in the world and he's really damn good. Yeah. But uh, it's kind of that. It's not a matter of if, but when. But he has yeah. not been quite in the form this season. That's very true. Uh, you know, he's, he's going to be a popular pick for all the majors because he plays tough courses really well, or at least he's supposed to. He's supposed to play a course uh, like this week well, you know, at the Wells Fargo. But I'm looking at it right now in the PGA Championship. He is second on the board. He is 11 to 1. Dustin Johnson is plus 1,000. JT plus 1,200. So very, very balanced. Uh, Rory McIlroy, I was looking, plus 1,600. I don't know if those odds have adjusted today. If they haven't, they probably will. Um, so a very even board, but yeah, I mean, Kiowa should play to the strengths of John Rahm who can play in the wind, who can handle a, you know, super long golf course, but now he's just got to get it done. Yeah. Well, Teddy, thanks so much. We appreciate all of your knowledge, obviously on the Wells Fargo. I'm sorry to hear that your name of bet's not going a little bit better, but hopefully <laughs> you do better on the PGA coming up soon. Teddy and I are excited for big 10 basketball. Uh, Teddy has covered that for many years, a big 10 alum, just like I am. So hopefully he gives me some good news and is high on Indiana this year under Mike Woodson. <laughs> 
All right. I'm looking for Big Ten football first, but hoops. Will right. Come. Thank right. you. Guys. Have a great weekend. One thing at a time. Thanks so much, Teddy. I'm not used to being excited for Big Ten football being an Indiana grad, Danielle, but I actually am very excited for Big Ten football this year because uh, Indiana actually has some positive momentum, so we don't have to dread football Saturdays in Bloomington. Yeah, I'm still not there quite yet with my UCLA Bruins, but luckily the basketball gave me something to watch this year, so maybe next year for me. Stick with us. More coming up right here on My Guys in the Desert. Welcome back in with exclusive bets, daily specials, odds, boosts, and the largest offer of live in-play options. BetRiver Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. And to make your experience even more rewarding, BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem in Illinois, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Colorado, 1-800-522-4700 in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117 in Virginia, 1-888-532-3500 and in Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. We're back here on My Guys in the Desert, Danielle Avari, Wes Reynolds, looking at the MLB slate for tonight. We already got into some of these games at the top of the first hour with Kenny White. Again, if you missed that, you can always check it out on vcin.com, but let's look at some games we have haven't gotten to nationals at Yankees that one getting underway in just about a half hour here yeah and uh, Pat Corbin against Jamison Tyone the pitching matchup tonight Nats taking a little bit of the money from the opener they were getting 165 now down about 150 ish uh, for that matchup so you know Patrick Corbin has been off to a rough start this season but a very good outing last time out in a, in a home start 810 on the ERA 568 on the XFIP so I don't know if quite yet I want to buy Patrick Corbin in terms of betting him. I think I need to see one more good start. But Jamison Tyone, 524, 386. And really the Yankees pitching staff kind of outside of Garrett Cole has been a little bit up and down. But the bats have finally come alive, especially Giancarlo Stanton. 636, last five games on the batting average, two home runs. Not striking out near as much. Yankees being a little bit more pitch, uh, patient rather at the plate. And Jamison Tyone on the mound tonight for the pinstripes, been a little unlucky this season. Kenny talked about luck in terms of batting average balls in play. You also, that's why we look at XFIP more than we do ERA. XFIP 386 as opposed to that 524 ERA. So really the way I'd be looking in this game tonight, I couldn't really get there on the side, even though the Nats are getting the money. 
I would look more toward the under. I would prefer to have it, obviously, at nine. You probably got to lay a little bit more vig. I think it's Circus Sports right now, nine under minus $1.25. And sometimes with these unders, I'll try to split them, maybe half unit, half unit, with full game under and also with first five under. Because I know uh, our producer, Ben Wilson, was talking about, man, I got to stick with these first five unders here in baseball because these bullpens are so bad, even though you got a pretty solid one with the New York Yankees, despite the fact that Chad Green gave it up yesterday against Houston. So under five, like minus a dollar 20 minus a dollar 25. If you can find it under nine for the full game, that'd be where I'd go here with this one. Now you mentioned our producer, Ben Wilson, another game that he said he was looking at tonight, Brewers and Marlins. That one also getting underway in just about 30 minutes here. Yeah. Marlins off their first sweep of the season. We called that yesterday as uh, Lopez got the win over mad bum. That was the spot to fade mad bum. The, the fade after fade spot, if you will, because everybody yep. comes in the next game and mad bum won at home. And then uh, uh, Lopez and the Marlins get the win last night. So they're bringing out Trevor Rogers. Uh, Marlins got a lot of really good young arms. They don't, really have a lot of firepower at the plate or a lot of stars still a rebuild down there in Miami their usual rebuild where they get good and then eventually they sell everybody off and then they have to start all over again Brett Suter uh, returning for the first time this year for the Milwaukee Brewers probably going to be one of those bullpen type of starts where he doesn't go very long in the game and the Milwaukee bullpen which has been pretty good this season is going to take over so the action I think where you're seeing this right now Marlins take it or excuse me Brewers take a little bit of money, but kind of lean to the under. I hate that I missed the opener at seven, though. So maybe you look first half under three and a half minus a dollar twenty ish. I think that's available at Westgate Superbook right now, and just kind of look and, and balance the prices. So that might be what I would do here because you got that you got the two lefties here with Suter and Rogers. So. If Suter maybe the first time through the order can get through, then you're already into the fourth inning. So lean a little bit first five under, but I did not bet this one. Getting into some more of these 4:10 p.m. Pacific, three or 7:10 Eastern, rather. Reds at Indians tonight, and also Twins at Tigers. You mentioned that the Twins definitely struggle when it takes it to later innings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I'll start with the Reds, by the way. That is going to be a rain delay, so that's now moved to first pitch 5-10 in Cleveland tonight. It is Wade Miley against Zach Plesak going in the the Battle of the Buckeye State, the Battle of Ohio. So Reds uh, did get a nice win over the White Sox the other day in the getaway uh, early game, just one nothing had to go to extra innings. So Plesak rebounded, had a nice start against the White Sox after he got kind of batted around the start before. Cleveland taking the money, small lean to the under here at eight, and then going back to that Tiger game you mentioned. I think that this could be the get-right spot for the Minnesota Twins going on the road. Sometimes when you're struggling and you're at home, sometimes the best thing really is to go on the road. Tariq Skubal has just not been good. A seven on the ERA. Had a good spring training, so there was uh, high hopes for this guy's season. But three starts, five total appearances, 16 and two-thirds innings, 702 on the ERA, 186 on the whip, which is walks and hits per innings pitched. Struggling with the control. He's had 12 walks, given up eight home runs already this season. So this is a guy whose strikeout rate is down. Uh, make a lot of contact against him. So I would lean with the twins. But if you don't want to lay that high price on the road, a dollar 40 and tough to do if one of the worst records in baseball, mm-hmm. even though they're facing another bad team in Detroit, 
One of the things you can often look to, if you don't want to bet like full game sides or totals, look in your shop and see if you have team totals right. for one team where it's just, okay, one team has got to go over that total. And I think the team that's probably the better candidate to go over that total is the Minnesota Twins. Four and a half is the total. I've seen like $1.20, $1.25 on the VIG. That'd be the way I'd approach it rather than laying that 140 145 all right. Well, I did skip this game for a no-run first inning because I did not know what was going to be going on. But I did take a no-run first inning in this next one, Diamondbacks at Mets. We just talked about this Diamondbacks game yesterday. How do you think this will play out for them today? Well, I think you're probably on the right track there with that no-run in the first inning. David Peterson, 481 on the ERA, but only 285 on the XFIP. So he's been a little bit unlucky. The batting average balls in play has been a little high, so you would expect that to regress. Zach Gallen's been a quality starter. This was 7.5 on the total. Now you're seeing it seven juice to the under, even as high as minus 120. Arizona getting a tad bit of money first game on the road trip. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I think you're on the right track with that no run first inning with the under getting bet here and rightfully so. All right. My other two games I have was that Reds Indian game, no run first inning and also the Nationals Yankees. What do you think? I, I'm with you. I can't okay. really disagree on, okay. on, on either one of those with the unders getting bet. Oh, and we also have Isaiah downstairs play them as well. I have more to add, of course. I just wanted to make sure I got those 4 o'clock games in because they are getting underway just a few minutes here. But I have more decisions to make on the later games. Stick with us. We're talking NBA next on My Guys in the Desert. Welcome back in. If you missed any of our show today or any of the VSIN broadcasts, be sure you check out our free VSIN podcast. You can catch up on Follow the Money with Mitch and Polly, a numbers game with Gil Alexander, or the Lombardi line on the Daily VSIN Best Bets podcast. Also, check in with Gil Alexander's Beating the Book Pod, Josh Applebaum's Market Insights, get PGA Tour betting previews on Long Shots, that, that's Wes's favorite show, the Ron Flatter Racing Pod, and the NBA Scoop with JVT on Hardwood Handicappers. Whatever you're betting, we have a pod for it. Find them all for free at vcin.com slash podcast. That's vcin.com slash podcast. This is the oddstrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out oddstrader.com and download the free oddstrader app right now so you can start winning with the up to the second info you need. Back on My Guys in the Desert for the last segment of the week. It's been really fun working with Wes all week, but we do have some NBA action to get to tonight, starting with the Pelicans at the 76ers. That one underway in just a few minutes here. 11th place Pelicans just split a pivotal two-game miniseries with one of the teams they are chasing, actually, for that nine seed, the Golden State Warriors. Meanwhile, the Sixers have won six in a row. They've been five and one against the spread in those games to jump atop the Eastern Conference standings, two and a half games in front of the second place nets 
11 and a half now the number. Zion Williamson, wow. we mentioned, out with that finger injury. And Joel Embiid is going to be in tonight. So now we're seeing 11 and a half. I did kind of like the under on the opener, but now it's gone down about four points. So I'm going to stay out of this one or maybe look for an end game or like a second half. 223 now the low on the total at Circus Sports. Actually, 222 and a half at Westgate Superbook. So obviously with uh, no Zion, no Brandon Ingram, no Steven Adams. Probably where the Philadelphia 76ers can eat very frequently down low tonight. Another game going on this one later on tonight, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern, the Lakers and the Trailblazers. The Lakers snapped a three-game losing streak, upsetting the Nuggets on Tuesday. As four-point home dogs, the Lakers are only one game in front of the seventh place Trailblazers, which puts them in danger of participating in that postseason plan. It does. And right now, six against seven here. No LeBron, but AD is going to go tonight. Un, uh, the uh, over getting bet here, and I did like the under at 221.5 this morning, and it's now mm-hmm. 223. So. I don't agree with that move, actually. I think uh, AD in the lineup, obviously, that's why it got bet to the over a little bit once he was confirmed. But this is a Laker team that I think has played pretty good defense, even when they didn't have LeBron and AD. Frank Vogel is a defense-first coach. He always was with the Indiana Pacers, and he has continued that with the Los Angeles Lakers. And you have a Portland team. Their defense isn't very good, and they give up up their fair amount of threes. They're not the best uh, on-ball defense. Defenders, but this is kind of that scenario where it's almost like an ex-official playoff game here in the late regular season. Right. Portland coming back from that long road trip out east. So first game back at the Moda Center at the Rose Garden. They get the Lakers coming in. This is a big game in terms of seeding, and Portland clearly has the opportunity perhaps to jump the Los Angeles Lakers. I think eight, by the way, is a little high. I'm not sure if I'm going to get involved on the side, though. I like the total here. I think maybe you see a little bit more intensity or if you're worried maybe we're going to have a high-scoring first half, I think it could slow down a little in the second half, so maybe a live opportunity to go under. But I am going to go with the under-223 Lakers-Blazers. All right. What about the Knicks and the Suns? Also, same start time, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. The Knicks have won 12 of their last 14 games. They're in fourth place in the East. The Suns are second in the West, just trailing the Jazz by one game. I want to play the Knicks here, but I don't want to play them at six and a half. I would much rather see if I can get seven, (laughs) and I don't know if that is going to show up because the Knicks have been the best spread team in the NBA. They're kind of, I guess, approaching history. They're one of the best spread teams of all time. I saw a tweet about that. I can't remember the source it was from but they were up there 43 and 23 so look the Knicks are going to get money it seems like every night because when teams cover for you you're going to go back to them so I'm not going to get involved with the side they are the number one team of course this season in terms of the spread where I'm going to look I think is on the total and I think I'm going to look on the under here because Phoenix coming back off that quick three-game trip out east Some of the other pursuers have really shown that urgency in terms of having to get that number one seed. But a Phoenix team that obviously does not have as much playoff experience, despite the fact that Chris Paul's leadership has been absolutely phenomenal down in the Valley of the Sun, you've got a lot of guys like Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and that young core in Phoenix that don't have any playoff games experience. And it is a different not altogether in the NBA playoffs. Uh, It is a completely different season, different intensity. Mm -hmm. So Chris Paul's got to kind of steer them the right direction in that way. 
And one of the things that he has to do is steer them the right direction defensively. If you look at Phoenix, they're kind of like middle of the pack in pace. They're not really all running up and down the court. And you could just see that. You don't even have to have any stats in front of you. You can see that just watching the game. Chris Paul is going to take his time getting into the offense. He does not work by the hours. So you're not seeing him, okay, get a rebound, just always get out in transition, just run up and down the floor like some of these other guards. He's like... He's a veteran. He understands. He is going to be very patient. Get him into a set. Get him into the flow of the offense. So you've seen this go down a little bit from 217. I'm seeing 216, 216 and a half. Instead of the side, I would go with the total, and I like the under in this one. That's two unders you said you've liked so far, and I know we have playoffs coming up. At this point in the season, do we see a little bit of a trend of these totals being a little bit lower for an NBA game? It depends on the matchup, really. Mm -hmm. One of the things I've been doing, and I mention it all the time here on VEASAN, is that when you get two teams that are kind of like out of it, when they're eliminated from the playoffs, it's not an auto play. You still got to handicap each game individually, but more often than not, I am going to look to overs in those games because you've got maybe some young guys playing. You've got coaches being a little bit more liberal with their rotations and their substitutions. So it's like, okay, hey, this guy that's played like 15 minutes for us all year, let's give him a look and let's see how he does with 25 minutes or 30 minutes. So you will see coaches that want to get a look at some of their young guys, maybe their bench guys, and let's say what we have. So that's why you see a lot of overs in those type of games where you're talking like, Let's say, for example, it's not a game tonight, but let's say Cleveland was playing like uh, somebody uh, else, Minnesota, the Minnesota Timberwolves (laughs) or somebody like that. You know, you've got two teams that are absolutely out of it and they're just playing out the string. So I often say, and it really applies to every single sport, uh, NBA, certainly not exclusive to that. You have to have a lot more effort to play good defense. Mm -hmm. And especially this late in the season where you're almost done and you're about ready to clean out your lockers and go on your vacation or get out of town, have your coaches meetings, and then skip town to go somewhere when the season's over. It takes a lot more effort. You know, it doesn't take as much effort to try to score and to run up and down the floor with the ball than it does to get in a stance and guard somebody. So that's why you see some of these bad teams, even though they're not high scoring teams, you see them get bet to the over. Like like Minnesota tonight at Miami, for example. Yes. Two twenty four Pacific. Two twenty four and a half was the opener. Now you're seeing two twenty eight, two twenty eight and a half. And I think a lot of the reason for that is uh because all of a sudden Minnesota hasn't been a complete drag of humanity in the NBA. <laughs> (laughs) when Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins and D'Angelo Russell, or not Andrew Wiggins, I should say, D'Angelo Russell, because they made those deals to try to get those guys to play together. Well, one's been injured or the other's been injured, so you haven't seen them really play together. All of a sudden, they're pretty at least potent offensively when you have Cat and D'Angelo Russell playing together. So that's why they've been so competitive as big underdogs against some of these teams. Like I said, I think they swept the Utah Jazz this year, the number one seed in the Western Conference right now. Yes, so... That's what you're seeing, I think, with the with the Timberwolves and some of these teams of why you're seeing them get bet so highly to the over at this point in the season. Not a drag of the NBA. That's 
one of the best compliments you can get from Wes Reynolds. Uh, Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah you're tonight. not a total drag of humanity. You're only a slight drag of drag humanity. of humanity. Excuse me. Not even just the NBA. That's a pretty big compliment. The seven seed Heat, obviously, same record as the sixth place Boston Celtics, but behind them, so they are at risk of the play-in. Speaking of the Celtics, they face the Bulls in just about 40 minutes here, 35 minutes. Jalen Brown still out with an ankle injury for the Celtics. And Zach Levine did come back last night as the uh, Bulls were able to get the win in After an Charlotte. 11 game so, absence, I believe. Yes, yeah. uh, and uh, the Bulls, they got some work to do. That was a team that I thought, okay, once they made those deals, even though I questioned them a little bit long term in terms of what they gave up to get Vooch and, and to get some of these other acquisitions, I thought that they would be able to make the playoffs at least this year. I thought it was a good short-term move, maybe not such a good long-term move. Now currently three-and-a-half back of the Washington Wizards, uh, who did get a win in Toronto last night. Pacers also got a win, so couldn't really make up any ground on those guys. So 27-39. and 39. Boston uh, right now is currently in the sixth spot. They are actually tied with Miami, as you mm -hmm. mentioned, so they don't want to necessarily drop out for that. I thought that this number looked pretty right here at minus four on the road with the Bulls getting the points there at the United Center. Jalen Brown out, Robert Williams out, Tristan Thompson, Romeo Langford, some guys off the bench going to go for Boston. Total getting bet here up to 226, which is a little bit of a curious move. So this is one I'm probably going to stay out of. Any of the remaining games have any interest for you? We have Magic at Hornets, Rockets at Bucks, Cavs at Mavs, and Spurs at Kings. We were talking a little bit about the Cavs there for a moment, how they don't have much left to play for. They do not. Uh, a couple games I was looking at a little bit tonight. Uh, I'm going to look at the under, actually another under, and uh, maybe I'm taking my life in my hands betting NBA unders. Uh, On a at this Friday, point. no less. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, but I know that they're going to be priced pretty high. Orlando and Charlotte would be one I would look at the under right now. And mm -hmm. uh, Hornets on the second leg of a back-to-back lost in a blowout at home. You've already seen it hit, actually, now down to 214 and a half, 215. I still like it under. But the Magic are going to be without Terrence Ross, Otto Porter, James Ennis, Michael Carter-Williams, and also Wendell Carter. Who's going to score? for the Orlando Magic, and that's what worries you. They're 29th and O rating over the last two weeks, just 103.2 points per 100 possessions. So I think an under is probably in order with two very mid-paced teams. All right. Well, there you go. The NBA slate for tonight. A lot more uh, to come up later on. Danny Burke on Rush Hour coming up next on Beast. And also primetime action will be on MSG Plus tonight. Thanks so much for letting Wes and I sub in this week on My Guys in the Desert.